Welcome to RUF. This is your first time here. We're so glad to have you. And we get the great, I'm John. I'm a campus minister. If I haven't met y'all, I would love to meet you. Um, and we've got the great privilege of hearing from my friend Charles tonight. Uh, Charles McKnight is a, a pastor. He's a church planner in Charlotte. Um, and his wife, he and his wife, Charlotte, live in Charlotte. They've got four kids. Um, and uh, we got a chance, to, some of us had dinner with them earlier today and got a chance to hear about the vision of, um, of what they're doing in Charlotte that he and his friend Drew or pastors are, are planning a church that's, that's purposefully intercultural. That um, uh, They're in a space with both with white folks and black folks and brown folks and people from all over in different backgrounds, different socioeconomic groups um, and being a part of leading that church beginning in Charlotte. So we have the great privilege of hearing him from him tonight. Um, glad you're here. Thanks, man. Yeah. I want you to listen to what God's word tells us in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Listen up. It says, on that day, when evening had come, he, talking about Jesus, said to them, talking about his disciples, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him, Jesus, with them in the boat, just as he was and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he, Jesus, was asleep in the stern, asleep on a cushion. His disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, do you care? Do you care that we are perishing? It says, and Jesus awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea Obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that through this word this evening that you would help us to better see and to better trust your powerful care for us in and through the storms of this life. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. It had been a really long day and it was getting late. Jesus has spent all day doing Jesus kind of things, teaching people, healing people, loving and caring for people. And it was now time for Jesus and his disciples to head out on their next stop on Jesus's ministry tour. So they hop in this small boat and they head out across the Sea of Galilee And soon after getting aboard, Mark tells us that Jesus finds his way to some seat in the back of the boat. And eventually Jesus drifts off to sleep. But not long after Jesus dozes off, this crazy storm comes out of nowhere with wind so strong that they violently rocked that boat that they were in, filling it with water. And it looked like all of them were about to drown. So, of course, they, like us, were freaking out. 
Everyone was freaking out. Everyone, except Jesus, that is. What was Jesus doing? He was still asleep in the back of the boat. When the disciples see Jesus still sleeping, they spaz out on him, right? Like, oh, Jesus, do you see what's going on here? How in the world can you sleep when we're out here about to drown? Jesus, don't you care? And it's interesting. It says that Jesus actually first doesn't turn and direct his attention to his disciples. He actually stands up and stares right in the face of that storm and says to the storm, peace, be still. And immediately the sky's clear. And the sea was as smooth as glass. And it's at that point that Jesus then turns his attention to his disciples and he asks them, why are y'all so afraid? How long have y'all known me? How long have y'all been with me? Are you still not convinced of my power and my love for you? Have you still... No faith in me, Jesus asks. Now understand that when that first raindrop failed that day, Jesus could have simply said, rain, rain, go away. Come again another day, right? And it would have left. We know he had the power to do that because he proves it at the very end of our passage. But for his own good purposes, Jesus allowed the storm to rage in their life that day in order to blow in on the back of those winds, a critical opportunity for his disciples to grow in their faith, to grow in their love and their trust in him. Now, I've never met most of you before. But I imagine that many of you all have experienced your own versions of storms in your life. Storms of struggles, storms of pain, we just sang about a minute ago, storms of hurt, disappointment, storms of fear. For many of us, storms of shame. Storms were in the middle of them. You looked around and you wondered like the disciples on that boat. Jesus, do you care? God, if you were real, why would you allow all this painful rain to fill up the boat of my life? I'm drowning and it seems like you're sleeping. And I imagine that many of you all have felt that way before. And frankly, in a room this size... I would bet that there are some that are feeling like that even tonight. Well, I've come here tonight all the way from my home in Charlotte with a message to you from the Lord that he wants you to hear clearly from this passage. Jesus is telling all of us tonight that I am there with you in the storm. And I do care. I care about and I care for you more than you can ever imagine. As a matter of fact, I care about you so much that I've intentionally allowed those storms to blow in your life. Not for fear, but for your faith. 
for you to grow in your trust and your love of me. Speaking of love, raise your hand if you love taking exams. Oh, no. Of course not. No one likes taking exams. And as a former teacher, even someone that's had an opportunity to teach a few college courses, I can tell you that teachers, instructors hate grading your exams about as much as you hate taking them, right? So why do we put you and ourselves through it? Because no matter how miserable exams and tests may be, they're necessary. They're necessary because a good test shows us our strengths and our weaknesses, right? They, they show us the areas that we've grown in our knowledge and how much we still need to grow. And understand at this point in Jesus' story, his disciples had been in Jesus' discipleship course for a while, and it was now time for a midterm exam, a big test to assess how much they had and still needed to learn and grow in their trust in Jesus. And so we see in this passage, they all bombed this exam, right? They all failed. But their failing that day is actually good for them. It was good for them because it kept them from moving forward in life, from moving forward to greater levels of ministry responsibility and struggle with a false sense that they actually trusted Jesus as much as they thought they did. And so bombing this exam was good for them because it was a wake up call and it was a fresh opportunity for them to commit to trusting Jesus more deeply and to follow him more faithfully. And so, brothers and sisters, that is one of the big purposes of exam storms that Jesus brings into our life as well. It is his invitation to us to enter more deeply into the forgiveness and the love and the care that Jesus has for you. And an opportunity to place our trust and faith in him more deeply. And so it's worth you considering tonight how the challenges that you may have recently experienced in your life may actually be intentional wins that Jesus allowed to blow in your life in order to uncover areas of your life where Jesus wants you to trust and obey him more deeply. These storms not only blow in necessary tests, they also bring in some needed revelation. They often reveal to us more clearly who Jesus is and who he has committed to be for us. It's funny how spending time with a person in a new context can often provide you opportunities for a new aspect of who they are to be revealed to us. For example, I remember probably five or six years ago, I was at a men's retreat with some dudes from my church and a bunch of us had the idea to go down to these courts that were at this place we were hanging out uh, to play some pickup basketball. And so we all head down there together and there was this one particular guy joining us that I, I knew him kind of well. And um, honestly, 
I didn't really have, let's say, high expectations for his basketball playing abilities. Now, um, I know you should not judge a book by its cover, uh, but this guy definitely did not fit the basketball player profile. Kind of short, nice guy, but kind of goofy. And uh, when we were walking down to the courts, I noticed he was coming to play in some jeans and some Birkenstocks. <laughs> some Birkenstocks, y'all. Now, nothing against Birkenstocks. They look kind of comfortable. I'm just saying, there's no NBA player sponsored by Birkenstock. <laughs> there's a reason for that. But y'all look, as soon as the game got started, Birkenstock boy was killing it. I'm serious. He was crossing people up, throwing no-look passes, draining it from three. I had to rub my eyes like, who is this dude? This can't be the same goofy acting Birkenstock wearing dude I walked down this hill with. But it was. It was. See, I was receiving that afternoon a new and fresh revelation, if you will, of who he was. All because I had entered with him into a new context, into a new situation where those attributes could be rightly displayed. And in our passage, we see Jesus using the new context of this storm to reveal himself, to reveal his power, to reveal his care for his disciples in a new and fresh way. So new and so fresh that they too, in verse 41, had to rub their eyes, right? And ask, who in the world is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. They got a revelation of Jesus that day. That can only be experienced in the context of a storm. And brothers and sisters, I can tell you from my own personal experience of storms with Jesus. That it is only through some of these storms that I was able to get a deeper understanding of who Jesus is in my life. I didn't really know Jesus as a healer until I experienced the storm of getting diagnosed with cancer my senior year in college. I didn't really know Jesus as a provider until I was flat broke with a wife and two kids when I was in seminary. I didn't really know Jesus as a comforter, and a reconciler and a deliverer until the storms of heartbreak and disappointment and sin struggles broke out in my life. It was only through some storms that Jesus was able to reveal himself in these fresh and new faith strengthening ways to me. And so as weird as it sounds, I praise the Lord for the storms that he's allowed to blow into my life. In the storms of this life, Jesus invites us to look for and to even look forward to Jesus revealing himself in ways that can only happen in the context of a storm. And so I ask you tonight, in what ways might Jesus be using storms of struggle in your life to set the stage for him to reveal himself to you 
in a new and fresh and faith strengthening way. Finally, these storms not only blow in some necessary tests and some new revelations, but also a needed reminder. A needed reminder that Jesus truly is the only real and sure solution that we have in the storm. The one thing that the disciples actually did get right that day is that they did go to Jesus, right? They went to Jesus for the help they needed. Jesus proved to them that he was indeed the only sure help, the only sure solution when he completely calmed that storm at the very end of the passage. They were reminded that day that Jesus is indeed their only true, real, and sure solution in the storm. Maybe some of us this evening need that reminder too. That whether you believe it or not, whether it feels like it, whether it looks like it, whether it seems like it to us, Jesus is the only real and sure solution to whatever storms of challenge or issues or struggle or pain in your life right now. I imagine that some of you, like I often do, have probably been running yourself kind of crazy trying to come up with what I call your own bootleg solutions to weathering the storms in your life. Some of us try escaping by running, by running to all kinds of things, oftentimes toxic things, toxic substances, toxic relationships even, to try to escape. Maybe you're more the hiding type, hiding from the storm behind success or achievement. I heard y'all kind of smart here at Wake Forest. You know what that means? Y'all gonna get real good at hiding behind success and achievement. Maybe, maybe some of you are good at just ignoring the storm. And you know how we, do, how we mess around and ignore the storm? It's primarily by filling up our schedules. Filling it up so much that we won't have the time to even think about or really face that storm that's clearly raging in your life. And where do all these escape tactics get us? I'll tell you, ultimately nowhere. And if anything, at least from my experience, it's just caused more mess and brought even more unnecessary storms in my life. What Jesus is telling us this evening, brothers and sisters, is to just stop. Stop running. Stop hiding. Stop ignoring the fact that there might be a storm going on. And instead, Jesus says, run to me. Hide in me. Face the storm with me because I promise that all those who are weak and heavy laden by the storms of this life, that I will actually bring and give your souls the rest that you really desire. Get this, even if I let the storms continue to swirl around you, my rest can still come to you. And again, I 
can testify that this is true. Thousand percent true from all experience. As Jesus' disciples were beginning to learn that day, so too he is calling us to embrace tonight. That he has perfect purposes in our storms, not for fear, but to blow in his grace more powerfully, more fully and more deeply in your life. So, brothers and sisters, my main message I want to leave you with tonight is don't waste your storm. But rather embrace the faith strengthening grace that Jesus is bringing you through it. Let's pray. Lord, as crazy as it sounds, we are grateful that you love us enough to actually bring storms in our life. And we're grateful for it because you've reminded us that you bring them in our life in order to stretch and to challenge and to encourage and to comfort us in the perfect ways that only you can. So help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to better embrace the necessary tests the new revelations and the needed reminders that you are our only sure and true hope in life and in death. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.